Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. On SEN, your home of sport. It's time on. Welcome to you, wherever you might be, right around Australia in Melbourne, 1116 SEN or via the SEN app. So much to get into, so much happening. We've got the cricket going right now. Aaron Finch makes 50, eases a little bit of pressure. We'll talk a little more about that as the night continues. We have the NBL going on as well. It's the breakers over the bullets as we near half time. The Australians two for 125 right now in the T20. As I said, Aaron Finch in control, 64. Maxwell just recently to the crease, 9 off 10. Ali Blackburn's going to join us shortly. AFLW captain, the Bulldogs, of course, skipper when they won their premiership back in 2018. In a situation now where the young pups are starting to dare to dream that maybe again they can lift the AFLW Premiership Cup. They went through a losing streak to end last year. Nathan Burke, the coach in the off-season, spoke about developing the young side. They had a close loss in round one. And since then, they've been perfect. So we'll get to Ali Blackburn very shortly. Stuart McSwain, when it comes to Australian athletics, one of our best. Tokyo knock medal, gold medal. Hopes did something extraordinary last night. And Liam Santamaria will jump on as well and chat about all things NBL, including the news today that the New Zealand breakers, and we are very well aware of the plight that continues when it comes to the New Zealand team and the way that sport is in 2020. They're away from their home country. They're on the road. They're quarantining. There's been a hell of a lot of uncertainty. And the announcement today that for six games, in fact, in a little while, they will go to Tassie. They will base themselves there and try to get on a little bit of a run and find some form, which is more befitting of the squad they've got together than their current win-loss record. You can get involved, one 736 736 A lot of news around. We'll get to all that very shortly. But I want to start with this and your calls. one 736 736 AFLW, we're getting sold-out crowds. Pre-season about to start. You'll hear it all on SEN starting from tomorrow night. And we're just over two weeks away from the start of the AFL season. We have got slight con- well, conversations about possibly the fact that we see Essendon, Hawthorne at Marvel. The AFL have said, hey, no, you know what? We're not going to move that game on the Saturday night. I still think logistically we could have got this done. As sports fans, we are so excited to get back to live sport. But I do understand the fact is that the AFL, who now own Marvel Stadium, have a lot 
of contracts set in stone when it comes to businesses, food and beverage, and some others at the AFL-owned ground that, of course, had a really bad 2020 as well. It's a balancing act. It's not easy to be able to handle so many different interests in so many different ways when 2020, in particular in Melbourne and Victoria, was such a loss. But this is what I want to ask you. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. It's not going to be easy to get tickets. In fact, John Ralph wrote a really informative article in the Herald Sun today answering some questions. I understand that. But I, I, want, I want to know from you, how desperate are you to be at round one? one We've been in a situation where we haven't been able to go to live sport. The Big Bash, we had some test match cricket, of course. We have the NBL right now that in some parts there are restrictions. But one three hundred seven three six seven three six. I want to know how desperate you are. I want to get a bit of an idea, a gauge of how desperate you are to get to round one. Because I legitimately think we are a chance to see the first ever sold-out round of AFL. Let's roll through this. Opening night, Richmond-Carlton would have been sold out anyway. We've got 50% restriction. We're going to see a situation where 50,000 people will be there. We're going to see two flags unveiled. Tick. Sell out. Next night, Collingwood and the Western Bulldogs MCG. Of course, the Pies, what has been an incredibly controversial and tumultuous off-season that started with the trade period and has ended with something a hell of a lot more important and uh, in the words of the, uh, I guess, of the report damaging. But the Western Bulldogs are one of those hype teams as well. Tick, sold out. Melbourne and Fremantle. This will be an interesting one. These fans, I want to hear from you because if it doesn't get to 50,000, then we're going to see a situation where Essendon and Hawthorne are going to be, hang on a second, we would have sold this out. I think there will be a sellout Melbourne and Fremantle. Adelaide Oval, Adelaide and Geelong, I think it'll be a sellout. Traditionally is over in that part of the world. Essendon and Hawthorne, 26, 27,000, whatever the official number is. Good luck getting a ticket to Marvel. Brisbane and Sydney, I'm talking to you Queenslanders right now. You've been hyped for three years. You've got Joe Danaher. You fell just a little short in 2020. There's no reason not to pack the Gabba out. North Melbourne and Port Adelaide's an interesting one. I get that North Melbourne hasn't had a great off-season, but there is some optimism there. New coach, new fresh approach. Todd Goldstein on the station yesterday spoke a totally different feeling. And if there's any time to go if you're a North Melbourne fan and prove how behind your club you are, it is round one against a team in Port Adelaide who are expected to be really good. The Giants and St Kilda is the big question mark. This could be the game that essentially stops the AFL from having nine sold-out games in round one. Giants Stadium. Had it been here, I'd definitely have a much different thought. We don't traditionally see sellouts. Famously, that prelim that they hosted in 2016 wasn't even a sellout. No real restrictions that's going to hurt. I think that's going to be tough. And the Eagles and the Suns over at Optus Stadium. Sell out, sell out, sell out. one 736 Here we go. If you think Melbourne and Frio will sell out, walk away from your desk now. They were lucky to get 30,000. If there's 30,000 at the MCG on a Saturday afternoon at the time where a lot of football fans continually say we need to see more Saturday afternoon games, 
We haven't been able to go to football in Melbourne for the better part of 18 months. In fact, Melbourne fans haven't been able to see their men's team play live since August 2019. If there is 30,000 at the MCG, then that really, and this is what I'm asking you, D's fans, jump on the line, one 736 I think that will be as disappointing as it comes in what is going to be an extremely important year for this football club. Let's get to Ross to kickstart it. Ross, hello to you. Yeah, good day, Cam. Uh, mate, I'm a, I'm a bit like you, mate. I'm very, very keen to go to the footy uh, in round one. I'm a Collingwood fan, um, so and I'm a Collingwood member too. Mm-hmm. So I think it'd be great to go to the footy considering uh, paid for membership last year and didn't get to see any games, which I was sort of happy to do to support the club through uh, through COVID. But, yeah, this year, I want to be able to go to games. And I actually have a, a sort of a bit of a bit of a gripe with the AFL at the moment over this, is that, you know, there are members, and I'm one that sort of pay for a, a pretty, you know, basically the top-tier package at Collingwood um, that guarantees you grand final tickets and all that sort of stuff. Um, I get the same right to buy a ticket as a than, say, someone that's a three-game member or a six-game member or something like that. So I think that's um, that's relatively um, sort of un, unjust in terms of the, the whole situation. But I think this is probably a great opportunity. And I was at um, I was actually watching the NPL soccer on the weekend, South Melbourne at Heidelberg. And, yeah, there was probably about 1,500 people there on Sunday night at 6 o'clock. And I think it was just great to see so many people out and about doing things. And I think that's what people really miss the most is that I was talking to a few mates and just saying it's just good to see other people and be in a place and doing something you enjoy. Hey. And I think, you know, that, that's something that, you know, you shouldn't, shouldn't, people shouldn't take for granted ever again. So This is the thing, think- Ross, just, just to your first point, I understand the logistical issues around all clubs in the AFL when it comes to different memberships and every club has different memberships and, and different options and, and different ways of which people can get to the football and different price structures. So I, I, I also I sympathise with you and I also sympathise with the AFL and the clubs. They're trying to include as many people as they can in, in, in what is a very uncertain world. So that, that's I, I, I 100% understand where you're coming from and there's going to be disappointment. But I also think to your second point, we, we have spoken so much in 2019 on this station or around the water coolers at your work or wherever it might be if you're able to get to a pub at some point and talk about the fact that there are so many things we took for granted. And I, I legitimately think live sport is something, and I'll speak for myself, is that yeah, it's something that hey, you roll into the MCG, it's great, we love sport, it's just what we did on a daily basis. Sometimes we even took it so much for granted we didn't even go to the games. We decided to stay home and watch it on TV, which is, uh, of course, something that in 2021 and beyond is, is so widely available. But I think that if we consider ourselves the sporting capital of the world, which I think all Melbournians do talk about and, and boast about that, if, if we can't get full houses when we've got restrictions... I think we're kidding ourselves, for one, suggesting we are the sporting capital of the world, and two, we just seem to have fallen back into this behaviour where we do take stuff for granted because if in some, if you can't get, and I'll say this, if we can't get 50,000 to the MCG at 2 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, Melbourne fans, of course, the MCC, the oldest football club, if we can't get 50,000 there after what we went through, I will be stunned. Mark, fire away, mate. What do you got? G'day, Cam. How you going, mate? Good, mate. Good. Far away. 
Mate, I actually think with the Melbourne Frio game, mm-hmm. I think they're a sneaky for 40000 Look, I... Yeah. I did, just before you go any further, often text people are saying, look at the history between Melbourne playing a free uh, interstate team. I understand all of that. I, I understand that in the past it hasn't been chock-a-block and you're not getting 50,000. But we haven't seen, if you're a Melbourne fan, you haven't been able to see your football club play. You haven't been able to see live football. The AFLW has been brilliant. The crowds are huge. And I think everyone is just garnering more appreciation of their ability to be able to go to live footy. So, Mark, I just off the text, people are saying not a chance. I'd be stunned if, at a minimum, we didn't have a four in front of that crowd. Well, this is how I see it. I reckon there'll be at least 30,000 Melbourne supporters there. Mm-hmm. Then you've got a few Freo supporters that'll top up. Then you're going to have the people like Hawthorne, Essendon, who just itch and get to a footy game that miss out, and they'll just go to any footy game. I reckon you might get five or 10,000 non-Melbourne Freo supporters at the game just because it's a footy game. And then there's one more bit, 21 degrees. Actually, we haven't got the forecast yet. I'm thinking this Saturday. No, t- t- Sorry. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm a bit... But if it's about 20 degrees, if it's early 20s, it'll be... Yeah, if it's early 20s and a sunny one, which is a very good chance it'll be, and we see 40,000. Because how many outside... How many non non Frio slash Melbourne supporters do you reckon will show up? I reckon five to 10,000 purely because people won't be able to get to the other games. Yeah, and this is, this is the thing that I believe. I'm not suggesting that, in a, and people off the text, and I, I love text, get involved, 043398-1116. I'm not suggesting that Melbourne Fremantle is going to be game of the year. I'm not suggesting that, hey, all of a sudden they get big crowds. I understand that Melbourne at different times have historically struck. In fact, it's not just Melbourne. We have seen teams in well, Western Bulldogs, St Kilda, at different times, when in particular when they haven't been going as well as, as their fan base would like. I understand they don't pack the joint out. We haven't seen any live football. If you are a Melbourne football fan, as in a Victorian football fan who just loves the code, you haven't seen a game live men's game since 2019. And I think that the, the fact that we are going to these AFLW games and enjoying them and knowing that, you know, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be able to go to as much football as we can possibly do with the restrictions, I'd be stunned. Hence why I, I, I am hoping, and Melbourne fans, let me know. Have you got no desire to go to watch your team play against Fremantle in round one? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Brisbane, thank you, Mark. Brisbane is the sporting capital. They get in the Olympics. Well, we spoke about this last Wednesday. Uh, prepare to be stunned, mate, says Matt. Oh, well, I'll be more disappointed. I'm not a Melbourne fan. I understand that they haven't had a, you know, a good two years. But I, I also think that if you don't want to jump on that bandwagon for round one, are you totally giving up on a team before this thing even starts? Just quickly before the break, what about playing both games at the G on the same day? This is from Dean. Look, I don't know the reason as to why the AFL have said no, although I did sort of allude to it maybe with the contracts at Marvel Stadium and the very fact is that all those contracts that were signed, those businesses that supply a service at Marvel, well, they went through 2020 as well where they couldn't make any money. Okay, so I'm assuming it's got to do with contracts and I understand that. But I I, I do believe, Dean, in, in saying that, that logistically you could do it. You, you could possibly do it. You could be in a situation where you play at 145, or even if you said, if the AFL said, hey, Melbourne and Fremantle, you're going to start at 1 o'clock. 
Essendon and Hawthorne, you're going to start at eight. It buys a little extra time. And I think 2020 has shown us in a big way that we do have to be flexible in so many different things, be it in the sporting realm or, or otherwise. And I think as fans, we would, we, would, we would take that. We're going to get to a break. There is plenty more to get into. one 736 736 you can always hit us up via the text as well. 0433981116. That is the temper text machine. It's going nuts for temper and mattress like no other. So much to get into. Ellie Blackburn's going to join us shortly. More of your calls. Stuart McSwain's about an hour away. He is on fire when it comes to the track as we head towards, hopefully, Touchwood, Tokyo. That and plenty more on the other side of this. It's time now to check in to see what's happening in the world of greyhound racing. And, of course, Peter Quilty from GRV joins me. Hello, Pete. Great to be here, Cam. The Western Festival of Racing kicks into full swing with the Group 2 Horsham Cup on Saturday night. And, Cam, it's going to be a super Saturday of Greyhound Racing as the matchmakers for females and classic for males are decided at Shepparton. While he's one for our SEN punting faithful. I've spotted a winner at Ballarat tonight. Oh, I'll hold Ballarat for a split second. Talk to me. Who is or what is all the rage for the Horsham Cup? Well, Cam, Australia's number one sprinter, Shimmer Shine, broke Horsham's 485-metre track record in last week's heats, and Tab reacted accordingly, installing him as a $1.50 favourite to take home a $47,000 first prize. Shimmer Shine is a dual Group 1 winner and holds three track records. But amazingly, Cam, he's never won a country cup, Mm. and this will be his fourth attempt. He's one of four finalists for Victoria's leading trainer, Andrea Daly, who last won the Horsham Cup in 2012. She also had the runner-up in 2015. But standing in Team Daly's way is master trainer Jason Thompson, who has two finalists. He's no stranger to Horsham Cup success, having won the race on three occasions, in 2003, 2006 and 2007. And can, since 2009, Thompson has also trained three runners-up and one third place getter. Oh, Pete, they're going to have to go like the clappers to beat Shimmer Shine. But can you also give me the rundown, please, on the big ones at Shepparton? Sure. I'll start with the matchmakers final featuring country sprint siren, Oriental Amber. She's won five in a row and broke Horsham's 410-metre track record last month. Oriental Amber was also the fastest heat winner and is three from four over 450 metres at Shepparton. And she's trained by Rod Clark, who has Helen's memory in the classic final. Ironically, Helen's memory was second to Oriental Amber when she set her Horsham record. But Cam, he faces a much tougher task as the field comprises some of the state's fastest sprinters. However, it will be a $20,000 payday if Clark completes the double. Sensational, Pete. Hey, I'm already feeling that Saturday night fever. But tell me, who cuts the mustard at Ballarat tonight? Give the tip you've been threatening to give us for... At least three minutes now. <laughs> okay. Well, Cam, I was smitten by Taken after he won the Group 3 Cranberry Classic. Okay, that was in August last year. But he went on to contest a Group 1 Adelaide Cup final. He's resuming from a nine-week spell. But, Cam, I wouldn't let it sway you from Taken Taken. He lines up in race eight, box seven at 9.17. Hey, as great as you are for GRV, I think you're a better comedian. I love how you always take in the mickey. Thank you, mate. As always, thanks for joining us. We're going to catch up again early next week. We certainly will, mate, and taken right on the chin. <laughs> Greyhound Racing continues under strict protocol, securing employment. 
for more than 400 Victorians. And you can now watch every Victorian Greyhound race live and free by downloading the Watchdog app or simply follow Watchdog Racing on Twitter or Facebook. Time on. And the dogs go four from four. And they look hungry for more. Led by their star forward, Isabel Huntington, with a PB of three goals. Oh, they are firing right now. Four on the trot. Big game this weekend when they take on the Pies. And, of course, Western Bulldogs membership day. You've got to get involved. Six games for the price of three. Jump on westernbulldogs.com.au slash SEN. And the captain and superstar, Ellie Blackburn, joins us now. As I welcome you in and back to SEN, this has been a nice month. It has been a nice month. Very happy with uh, how we're tracking at the moment. No complaints from me by any means. What's changed? Uh, you had a, a, a sluggish end to last season. Nathan Burke joined us, uh, your coach, over the course of the off-season and said you've got a young crew, but they're developing, and I'm happy with the way they're going, and had that close loss in round one. But since then, you, you haven't put a foot wrong. Have you, are you able to pinpoint what exactly has changed from well today than what might have been earlier in the year or even late last year? Uh, I think obviously we have got a young group and it's just about getting games and sort of development work into these players to start off with. And I think we've done that really well so far, but I think now the group's starting to believe in themselves a little bit more. You know, there's that kind of walking around thinking, geez, you know, we're actually capable here and, and why not us? So, yeah, I guess it's a bit more belief in our ability. I think there was a moment in time there where we probably got used to losing and probably just it, it wasn't affecting us as much as probably what it might now. Um, so, yeah, I think we're we're hungry for more wins, to oh, be honest. I, look, I, I understand cliches and all the rest of it, but uh, I wanted something a little more here because you've been there. You've been a premiership player. You're a premiership captain on a particular day. Do you, do you get the same kind of feeling with this particular group and the way you're going about your football as you did back in 2018? Oh, I, I, I have actually thought about that mm-hmm. a little bit, to be honest. Um, I think it's a completely different group to what we had back then. Um, obviously personnel is different, but I guess the type of people that you have in your group that were, were very different. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely see us heading towards that direction um, for sure. It's, it's a nice feeling around the place. Um, and yeah, the girls are just so confident at the moment and it, it, it's a really nice feeling. The energy's good. Um, the momentum's good. That's coming behind us. And I think that's coming off the back of some really hard work, some hard conversations, um, raising expectation standards are works um, and, and people actually buying into it. I think we've got 30 players on our list that actually love being at our football club right now and I think that's super important and super special to be a part of right now. You're a two-time All-Australian. I mentioned the Premiership. You've got accolades left, right and centre. But how much easier is football in, in your perspective when you've got two young superstars inside 50 just clunking things like they did on the weekend and, and your two twin towers? As, as a midfielder, life's a hell of a lot easier when you get your hand on the hard ball and send it inside and there's contested marks and easy shots on goal. Oh, isn't it great um, seeing those two go to work? I thought they were great on the weekend and... I think they've just been trying to find their feet working together. Um, you know, they're, as you mentioned, they've been named the, the Twin Towers. So it can be hard to kind of play with people that are similar to, um, you know, they're both tall forwards, deep inside forward 50. And I think they're, they're starting to find their mojo, starting to work really well together. And I think we saw that um, and saw them really complement each other really well 
on the weekend. They're just um, two really great performers and um, great players and great people. So, yeah, I I love that we can look up and, and see those girls amongst many others in our um, forward line that are, are really put their foot forward this year and, um, you know, stood up and, and playing some really quality footy. Captain of the Western Bulldogs, Ellie Blackburn joins us. It is, of course, Western Bulldogs membership day here at SEN. Six games for the price of three. Westernbulldogs.com.au slash SEN to jump on. Uh, when your coach joined us in the off-season, he spoke about restrictions, and it's been something that as uh, sporting clubs, teams right across the world have had to deal with in the last 12 or so months in the way the world is. What, what are the current situation for training? Are you able to train freely now? Are there still restrictions? Has it been able to uh, work for you with this young group and the fact you're starting to come together now? What is the, the, the current training situation? Yeah, we're, we're basically um, training together as a full squad. I think there's still some restrictions on sort of how many people you can have sort of indoors at the moment or at least like trying to social distance for for team meetings um, and then like when you're doing gym and um, in the change rooms and things like that, you have to have, I think, X amount of people um, in there. I'm not sure in exact numbers, to be honest, but we've got our great COVID officer that um, takes control and is in charge of that one. So, I mean, to be honest, you haven't really noticed the changes as much um, with it all, particularly right now. I think we're, we're training well together as a group and um, that's the most important part. Going forward, big one this week. Collingwood have been brilliant all year. And, of course, any time you, you're playing good footy, you want an opportunity to go against a team that have been the benchmark so so far this year. Vic Park, their traditional home. This is going to be fun. Yeah, really looking forward to this one um, on the weekend. Obviously, yeah, as you mentioned, Collingwood, are, they're in great nick at the moment. Um, probably the, the best team in the comp, um, arguably, at the moment. And, um, you know, they've got some really quality players in their team. So... Yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to coming up against them. You know, it's definitely been spoken about this week that we're, we're pretty pumped and, you know, we, we want to win. We want to really challenge the best team and, and we want to go out there and, and get the four points um, after this weekend. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good game. We're really looking forward to, to getting out there on Sunday. You, you mentioned the young side, but the way you're developing week on, week off and, and the situation, as you mentioned, this week, big game against the Pies. Do you, do you make mention of that? Do you, do you sit around in a, in a meeting or, or prior to the game and talk about the challenge that is before you? Because if you are to win this week and knock off the Pies and, and everyone who watches the game believe it's a good real 50-50 contest, do you, do you talk to the young girls about the very fact is, hey, we've had challenges as a club before leading to that premiership and in big games. Now this is your opportunity to stand up and, and deliver in, in something that essentially can make or break what this year actually means, a difference between maybe having a real crack at a premiership or just getting better week on out? Uh, probably not in too much depth like that, to be honest, but there's definitely been the conversation around, hey, you know, we, we've knocked off some pretty quality sides so far and, um, you know, if you told us at the start of the season that we'd be 4-1, um, we'd happily take that um, and then to actually be in that position right now, it's um, sort of like, oh, wow, we're, we're actually okay at this. We're, we're tracking along nicely as a team. So I think the group sees that entirely and, and we want to keep performing and, and keep doing that. And I think more so this weekend um, and this week in particular, um, the group's really united and, you know, we, we obviously want to win. And I think, it, you know, when it comes to the game, there'll be that little bit of extra motivation because knowing you are coming up against the top side and knowing, yeah, it can really... I guess show the the entire competition that we're here and 
um, hopefully teens can start to take us a bit more seriously and, and you know, consider us as, as really good, a really good side, to be honest. Ali, you've been there almost, in fact, from the very start, exhibition games when there was a couple of a year as Melbourne v the Bulldogs at the MCG or at, or at Witten Oval and continue to, to build momentum towards the AFL becoming a competition and, and then it becomes a comp and you're a big part of that. You're a successful player, two-time All-Australian Premiership captain, all the accolades and you're just getting started. But when you look back, where the AFLW is now, that if you don't get your tickets as soon as they're available, there's a really good chance you're going to miss out and you're going to have to watch it on TV and not be there and watch it live. From where it was at the very start, where it's sort of being developed and, and spoken about of, of becoming a competition, I, do you feel pride in yourself that you have been there and, and, and you've been a big part of what is now becoming a legitimate week-in, week-out salad competition? Oh, absolutely. How can you not? Mm. Um, especially when you reflect on it from what it was like, you know, in the exhibition game. Um, you know, you might have got a, a couple of people that sort of were curious and came along and watched, but it was predominantly, you know, people are part of the, the women's footy community and family and friends that came along and watched the game. And and now you look around the crowds and they're just supporters. They're, they're just fans that are coming along to watch footy and, I love that so much and I love the atmosphere that they create. It's, it's a, a really nice environment to be a part of and I love playing in front of the our people, especially at, at Witten Oval. It's, it's really special and to have that thought process that, yeah, you have to kind of get in early to, to buy tickets. It's, it's amazing to see the growth of the competition and um, to be part of that as a player. Um, yeah, absolutely. You take a lot of pride in that, knowing that you're doing something that people want to come and watch and be a part of. And um, yeah, it's, it's really nice to, to have that. Are you, are you like a footy fiend? Are you, are you someone who sits at home and you're not playing watching other games or if you have other hobbies that allow you to, to take your mind off at a different times? Do you, do you sit there and not miss a game or you, you know, you do other stuff? No, I'm happy to miss a game <laughs> here and there. Uh, I think I'd drive myself mad if I sat there and watched um, footy the whole time. It's nice to have a balance of both. I've been, I guess, pretty fortunate at the moment to be able to commentate mm-hmm. as well um, in between not playing. So I have been watching um, games of footy and you have to be mindful of, of that side of things for sure. But I guess when I can get a chance to get out of the house and go do something different other than um, football, you um, you enjoy those moments for sure. Do you, do you, when you're commentating, do you use that as an excuse to say to the coaching staff, look, I've, I've done my video, I've done the film and I don't need to watch it again? <laughs> uh, not to the, oh, maybe a little bit, to be honest. You should. You <laughs> I should. Can, I can turn around to them and say, I've actually no, you know, I've, I've called a few different teams this year and, um, I've, you know, obviously Collingwood has been one of those teams mm. that I've been able to watch um, in a commentator's perspective. So, yeah, absolutely, I've been able to kind of offer my insights um, from what I've seen and um, from that perspective, absolutely. So, yeah, when when they can't be bothered watching, which is never, they do watch it, mm-hmm. um, games and stuff like that, I can sort of reach out and offer my advice. Well, Whether or not they take it is up to them, though. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, if they're taking it or not, it's working beautifully. Four in the trot, big game this week against the Pies. We're loving the way that you and the team are, are going about it. And the, uh, the red, white and blue and all the fans who are psyched to see you have another run at this AFLW Premiership and add to the trophy cabinet from 2018. Thank you for joining us. Good luck for the weekend and the rest of the season. We'll talk soon. 
No worries. Thanks for having me. Uh, skipper, superstar Ellie Blackburn joins us on, of course, Western Bulldogs Membership Day. And today only get a six-game bronze Western Bulldogs membership for the price of three. Very simple. Jump on westernbulldogs.com.au slash SEN. Time to touch base now with Winners Bet, which is the timeline wagering partner. And all thanks to Winners Bet, Australia's newest bookmaker. You can jump on winnersbet.com.au. Always gamble responsibly. Adrian Johnston calls us. Adrian, as we welcome you into timeline, so much exciting stuff going on. But tell us a little bit about Winners Bet, launched in December 2020 and is already one of the fastest growing bookies in Australia. Cameron, great to talk to you, mate. And uh, the important thing is it's a Melbourne business based in Victoria, Australian-owned, and more importantly, Victorian-owned, one of the only online bookies that's licensed in Melbourne. So we're hoping that everyone in Melbourne supports the locals, mate. And, uh, yeah, we've got a few good offers going on too. You can bet racing and sports as well, which continues to solidify how great it is. And best of the three totes on all Australian gallops. So instead of betting with the tab, you get paid on your home tote. You can bet with winners bet on any win bet and you get the best tote across them all for all bets on Australian gallops. And I can hear the punters wherever you might be around the country right now, but in particular in Melbourne, punching the air. Cameron, how many times have we been at the pub tab or, you know, uh, at the TAB and you go, have a look at that. Look what it paid there. I could have got the best tote. Well, it's exactly the words straight out of my mouth, mate. The best of the three totes on all Australian gallops. So instead of betting with the tab and you get paid on your home tote, uh, bet with us, win bet, and you get the best tote across all of the TABs on Australian gallops. Now, there's even the next level, which I think punters are going to be happy because you mentioned too many times we're at the pub or the tab or at a barbie or all of a sudden the dreaded siren goes... And you get rolled. But the best thing at winner's bet, <laughs> the uh, protest paid if you lose a protest because it happens. You pass the post, you get paid, regardless of what happens in the steward's room. Straight up, mate. The money goes in the account. Uh, protest payout if you lose on the protest. Uh, get there. Sign in for our promotions and offers that are up there right now at winnersbet.com.au. Oh, too, there's the, the Moby as well. Uh, you, you can sign up, you know, you go to the, on your mobile phone. You just uh, go put it on the screen and you get your little app there as well. So it's it's all compact and rearing to go at winnersbet.com.au, Cameron. Australians, newest 100% Australian-owned and operated bookmaker. As we just heard right then from Adrian, winnersbet.com.au. Gamble responsibly. Thank you, Adrian. Cheers, mate. On SEN, your home of sport. Time on. Time on with Cam Luke, working our way through a Wednesday. Aaron Finch, 69 of 44. The Australians, all out. All done. 208. Kiwi's going to try and run them down, but Aaron Finch back to a little bit of form. Talking sellouts, AFLW, North and Richmond this weekend, officially a sellout. Looking forward to that. And tomorrow night, the Amy Community Series kicks off. It's the uh, Blues and the Saints to go at it at Marvel Stadium. Pretty much the same crew last week for the Blues. They, they did 27-man squad against Essendon. Liam Stock is an emergency this week, though. No McGovern, of course, no Casbolt, no Eddie Betts, but this crew led by Patrick Cripps. As the uh, Blue Baggers try to fight their way back into at least... September, and then who knows? And if you're a Carlton fan, one 736 to get involved. For the Saints, no Hanabry, of course. Gresham back from injury. A couple of interesting ones. Brad Crouch is going to play, of course. We're talking those high-profile off-season recruits. We're seeing uh, McKernan 
Uh, Sean McKernan's going to be there in forward line. But something that's interesting as well, and Saints fans, I'd love to hear from you, 0433981116. Frawley named in the team. Jake Carlisle named and is emergency. So we'll watch how it all plays out tomorrow night at Marvel Stadium as the Amy Community Series gets underway, the Blues and the Saints. All right. I started this show talking about the very fact that round one, could we see a complete sellout? Now, that is based on restrictions. A lot of people coming for me off the text talking about check the figures historically Melbourne and Fremantle and anytime someone plays Fremantle, DMCG, it's never a sellout. I understand all of that. I do understand all of that. But if you are a Melbourneian football fan, you haven't seen your team, your men's team, play since 2019. And aren't we the sporting capital of the world? Off the text. I'm a Ruse supporter. Looking forward to seeing our kids round one this year, but I don't think we'll sell out round one by any means. Okay, so the Ruse play round one against Port. Now, I understand this could be a harder... I find this to be a harder sell than Melbourne. Melbourne have legitimate September aspirations, I think. At least they would right about now. Now, North Melbourne on the Sunday at Marvel against Port Adelaide. A sellout's 26,000. Come on, North Melbourne fans. You can get 26,000 to Marvel Stadium to kickstart your year. New coach. New frontier. Tell Goldstein spoke yesterday on SCN and spoke about the fact that, hey, you know what? It's a different feeling. We understand we've got a lot of work to do, but we're going in the right direction. Essendon will be lucky to get 50,000 to a game against Fremantle. Melbourne are a traditional poor crowd, uh, poor crowd drawing team, so no chance to get 40. I... I, I get that in a normal year, guys. But this is a year we've had no footy. You haven't seen your footy team play. And you kind of shouldn't have lost hope yet. There were some signs if you're back from Melbourne. I'm a Bombers supporter here off the text. But have no issue with them playing at Marvel. Would love to see them play at the G. Also, love to see a doubleheader, but no, that won't happen. It was a very optimistic call for the Bombers to ask, which I like the fact they did. But there's no issue in asking. AFL have said, no, time to move on. Agreed. It'll be a sellout. Would a doublehead have worked? Yes, from a football fan perspective, but probably not from a commercial agreement perspective at the at Marvel Stadium. And if, if you're Melbourne, no way in Hades do you want to play at Marvel Stadium. No way in the world would you be saying, I'm going to give up our home ground advantage just so two rivals can get more people through the doors. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Last one on this before we squeeze in a break. Very special guest on the other side of it. Why can't we have double headers in the future? Melbourne v Gold Coast, followed by Carlton and Freo. Make it a day and night of it. The NRL do it, of course. They have a whole round where they play in Brisbane, uh, and that's obviously something that is, is turned into a huge Super Weekend. Why doesn't the AFL look to do this? Melbourne will be full of interstate footy fans and be a financial bonanza with a fantastic vibe. All nine games played in Melbourne on Thursday night, all the way to Monday. Heave ho! That's Gus in Perth. Well, if, if it's to happen, Melbourneian footy fans need to turn out with their feet and get to round one and make sure that every single game possible is sold out. There's restrictions. We know it's half full. But if you actually legitimately want stuff like that to happen in the future and say that we are still the sporting capital of the world, get to round one. That simple. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen to get involved. Or off the text, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. For your Wednesday edition of Time On, joined on by a very special guest. He's going to swim a very long way for an incredibly noble cause. I speak of Holly Buckner, who joins us now. Holly, hello. Welcome to SEN. How are you doing? Thanks. 
Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Well, it is our pleasure. Swimming from Sorrento to Port Melbourne for Cure for MND Foundation. 100k around the bay. You're doing it this month. You've got a target of 5k, which you're going to receive. You're going to get there very, very comfortably. This is a wonderful effort. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> it's exciting. In this situation, and I know that you're a great swimmer and you've done stuff like this before, but just talk to me a little bit about uh, how you make these decisions too. And when you do swim and do such a wonderful job for such great causes, uh, how do you make the decision to be able to jump in the water and do this? Well, this one, like, great things that happened last year came during the middle of ISO when my dad and I were sitting on the couch. I was watching a few amazing swimmers around the world complete marathon swims and I thought, well, why not do another one? Let's just see how far I can actually challenge myself. All right. Now, for people joining us for the first time, this is remarkable. Now, I've been told you swam part of the Murray River. What does part of the Murray River mean and how hard is that? Because for anyone who's who's gone anywhere near the Murray, you can't see five centimetres in front of you. Talk to us about that incredible, what must have been an incredible experience. Yeah. So when I was 16, I swam from the Chukamalama Bridge to Trumbury, which is 80 k's. And... It was, I didn't think it was going to be as hard as it actually was. After the first day, I was sunburned and my neck and my arms were sore and I didn't realise how hard it was going to be to get back in the water the second day. But when I finished that swim, I was so overwhelmed with how much I achieved that I just loved that feeling and I was like, why wouldn't I do another one? And here we are. How do you break it down? 100 Ks, uh, it's going to be remarkable. So how do you break it down to 100 Ks? How long does this take? How do you do it? Do you, do you break it into certain blocks? How exactly do you, uh, when you're coming up with a game face and a game strategy, work this out? So Dan and I, of course, drew it down on paper and everything on paper always seems a bit better. So we would like to do it in four or five days. Four days would be amazing, but we have to allow for five days with weather conditions, tides changing, my arms being more sore than I think, or just, yeah, different things that come up. But hopefully 20 to 25 Ks a day to get this done. Now, of course, uh, you are swimming to, to raise awareness and funds for research into a cure for, for motor neuron disease and a disease that strikes too many people right away in the world in the hopes that one day we may all live in a world free from MND. All funds raised are donated directly to the top MND research facilities here in Australia to, uh, in order to further understand uh, more about this disease. We're going to put the GoFundMe link on our Twitter page, all our social media here at SEN. I do, and this is not at all surprising, I do hear that you're a swim teacher. <laughs> yes, I've been um, swim teaching now since I was 18 because why wouldn't I love to just um, share my passion around with um, younger kids and everything like that. So hopefully one day I can inspire someone who wants to swim 100Ks as well. Now, 100Ks, is this the longest you'll ever go, do you think? Or do you think at some point in your life you'll say, I think I can go longer than this? <laughs> well, after I finished 80Ks, it's taken me another four years to come up with a swim challenge. I needed a bit of a rest from that. But, yeah, when I came up with the 100K idea, I just I want to see if I can complete this first. And you never know down the track I could swim even further than that. We have no doubt you'll complete it. We, we have no <laughs> doubt. We, absolutely not for a second do we think you will not. What is preparation? And I, I talk from a situation when it comes to food and, and intake. What's a preparation like in the, in the last 24 hours before you, before you dive in? Uh, well, I've always had a long-standing tradition with spaghetti bolognese before a swim event. <laughs> So I definitely think I'll have a big bowl of spaghetti before I start my swim as a little, um, yeah, as a little tradition that I've had since I was eight, nine years old, since I started competitively swimming.
That is a great tradition. Good luck. We're going to yeah. pull all your details up. We love what you're doing. It's such a noble course. You are a superstar. And we will touch base with you after you've completed 100Ks. Thank you for doing this for so, for, for so many people around the world. And uh, we'll talk again very soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, she's a superstar, Holly Berkner, who joins us. Go, go find me link. It's on our Twitter page. It's on our Facebook page. It's on Instagram. Anytime you jump on scn.com.au, you'll check all that out as well. 100K is around the bay this month, $5,000 target. She will knock that out of the park. Very quick break. Plenty more on the other side of this. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.